Hi, this is Web37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web3. What is going on, everybody? This is John Tory, your host for tonight's Spaces with Zeneca. I am so excited to get started. Thank you, everybody, for lending us your time for this session. The space is going to be about an hour long. We're going to do um, just a little interview with Zeneca. We're going to save some time at the end for Q&A. So think of your questions. Um, Zeneca, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us th this evening. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, awesome. So I'm just going to do my little intro, and then I'm going to ask you to do an intro, Zeneca. But for those of you who don't know, Zeneca is a former professional poker player who got into NFTs, never looked back. He's been an educational pillar of the community and recently launched Zen Academy. What really struck him, or struck me, excuse me, doing research on Zeneca is that, you know, he's super humble, transparent, and a lot of education is needed in this space. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into it. But Zeneca, why don't you, because I'm sure you could do a much better job, just give a little introduction of who you are and what you've been working on lately to everybody. Yes. I mean, yeah, my background before all this whole crazy world was a professional poker player for about 15 years. And then early 2021, I got into crypto and NFTs, I guess, in a more real way after I got over that hump of thinking it's all a scam and some Ponzi. Um, I was just basically fascinated by the tech and the possibilities of all of this. So uh, I spent most of, I guess, early last year just trying to wrap my head around MetaMask and OpenSea and NFTs and just like the basic concepts. And then middle of last year was a lot of like flipping NFTs, really just aggressively trading, I guess. And that, that was fun and exhausting at the same time. And then I sort of pivoted more towards um, creating content. And uh, that led me to Zen Academy, which is, well, I, that's what led me to consulting and advising projects um, that were launching. And then from there, I, I went to create my own project, Zen Academy, which is a, a community and a platform with a strong focus on education. Um, at the moment, it, it's very much focused on web three and nfts so you know teaching people about this space and sort of flattening that really steep learning curve that we all know exists when when a newcomer is trying to understand this crazy world so last few months has really been focused on zen academy yeah absolutely and and it certainly is a steep learning curve um could you talk a little bit about that pivot because when i was reading through your sub stack and you have a great YouTube channel, and I'm, I'm a big fan of your content. Something that resonated with me, and I, I think will resonate with the people on this call, is that, you know, the skill set that you have, maybe it's not trading and it's, and it's something else you can double down on because it's an emerging industry. So if you could talk about what prompted that pivot and just talk about your experience of being able to bring value with the skill set that you do have through that education. Yeah, so I mean, it was probably June, July that I, that I very first had the idea of Zen Academy. Um, again, because I realized that there wasn't much in the way of good educational content for newcomers. You know, we, we had friends, we all had friends that you know, knew that we were in the space. NFTs were blowing up everywhere and they'd ask us, how do we get into NFTs? What are we doing? And even now, it's still not great. But it's sort of like, you know, watch some YouTube videos, join some Discord communities, follow these people on Twitter. Um, you know, read a bunch of stuff and then come back and ask me a hundred questions. And, you know, I was like, we need something better. Um, and it's like, Hey, maybe I can, you know, 
potentially create this platform, this place that is this one-stop shop for all of that. And clearly Zen Academy is not that yet. And, and I sort of got ahead of myself and you know realized how enormous of an undertaking it would be to create that, basically that one-stop shop platform. But um, so yeah, once I sort of reeled back a bit, I thought maybe I could just start off with with a community. So then uh, I launched a Discord server and kind of put a pin in the whole Zen Academy idea and went back to trading and flipping and staying in that world. Um, and then I guess the real pivot happened a couple of months later because in large part, I was just getting really exhausted and burnt out from trading. Um, like my, my portfolio was growing in terms of like the number of NFTs, which means that the number of projects I had to stay on top of and be aware of and check discords for and updates was growing and becoming exhaustive and I was missing things, let alone all the new projects that kept dropping every single week, every single day that, you know, it was like, it felt like you're missing things all the time. And there's, you know, it, on the one hand, that's great because there's opportunities everywhere that you can take advantage of. But yeah, it's for me, it was just exhausting. And then like every day it was like, what drops are there? Mint, follow secondary market, flip some, do I want to hold, do I not want to hold? Um, what's coming up next and just rinse and repeat. And then, you know, mint lists really became a thing around September, October and grinding for those was a whole other beast. And um, I, I was, I would say one foot out the door from actively trading when they started becoming very prevalent. So I'm kind of thankful that I, that I haven't had to live through that world as much as people who have entered the space in the last few months. Cause yeah, it, it has all sorts of issues as well, but basically I, I was getting burnt out with that and wanting to pivot to something else. Um, that was one part of it. The other part was that on it, just like, so like life as a professional poker player, it's not very fulfilling or rewarding. It, no one, the world does not need professional poker players. It's not something that adds to society. It's not, uh, it's not creating value to anyone really. Um, the closest, I mean, it really is like a vampiric career job, if you want to call it that, because you're eventually, you, you, yeah, essentially taking money from other people. It's very competitive, and um, the closest you know I've come to anyone, uh, closest anyone's come to an argument about like, why professional poker players are needed is okay. Maybe provide entertainment and create this environment where you know if someone wants to come and play poker, then you're helping that game run. But I, I never really bought into that because games run without professionals. And um, anyway, yeah, I never felt I never really reconciled with the fact that you know as a professional poker player. Some of the time, not all the time, but some of the time, the money you're taking is from people who have gambling problems, people who shouldn't be playing poker and all that kind of stuff. And it just never felt good. And then towards the end of my poker career, I was looking to pivot as well uh, and never really found anything until NFTs. And getting into trading, um, it was it's better. Uh, it was definitely better and felt more fun and rewarding than poker, but it still felt very competitive by nature. And again, not it didn't feel like I was contributing much to the space or contributing much to society. Um, but then like my newsletter and, and my tweets and, and the discord started gaining traction and people started resonating with like the content I was producing. And honestly, it just felt good. It felt rewarding and fulfilling to be doing something that people thought was adding value, creating value to the space. And so I just basically decided I want to do more of that and less of the quick flipping. Um, and like, I still mint a lot of projects. I still, occasionally sell but it's more like yeah i'll buy things that i like and i i have a view to hold long term rather than any sort of aggressive short-term competitive flipping um yes those are the main reasons for the pivot yeah no i mean that that makes a lot of sense and i think that's a lesson for everybody i, I know i've felt burnt out and i've gone the content route a little bit too and it it's nice to see that you are doing something that fulfills you 
So going back to 2021, um, discovering NFTs, what helped you wrap your mind around their potential and validity? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I say this every single time the question is asked. There was a very specific thing. It, there was a, um, a Substack newsletter article written by Packy McCormick. Is he's the author? His Substack is called "Not Boring," and he wrote this post called "Power to the Person," and it was really just a breakdown on the technology of NFTs and and Web three and the creator economy. And like up until then, I, I mean, I've been hearing about them for a few weeks from friends and, and thinking they were literally a scam. Um, and then I read this very in-depth, detailed um, post, uh, and I was—I I basically I, I, again, I wasn't 100% on board just immediately after reading it, but it, something clicked that I could see that there was something there, and I was like, okay, this—I should pay more attention to this. I should do some more research and reading, and um, not just dismiss it, not think it's a scam. So that really, that very specific particular article is where it all, I guess, started to click and begin for me. Yeah, that that's awesome. And do you remember the first NFT that you purchased? <laughs> yeah, I'm not not very proud of it. It was basically so I'm in a group chat with with a few friends who got me into NFTs, and it was pretty much FOMO. Like they were buying these NFTs or talking about them. Um, there were these pixelated phallic images, <laughs> um, and there was 0.2 ETH, and you could like name them and, and you know. That, that kind of stuff. And basically I, I, I had some ETH because I was in the space from 2017 and you know I had 10, 15 ETH that I'd you know kept all the way up till 1500 and then all the way down to $80. And I just held it because I was like, in the back of my mind, I got that there was something cool with Ethereum, but obviously not enough to like buy more when it was $80. But I was like, I just kept it there. So I still had, I had a little bit of ETH coming into all of this. And then, yeah, it was just like, all right, this sounds fun mint you know because you know you see people around i think people were making lots of money on hash masks and crypto punks were like all over the news and i was like hey i want to mint something because i up until this point i didn't even know where to go to find a project to mint um it, it was really difficult for a long time it's still not very easy now but it, it's easier um to even just find a project to mint so this was the first project i found where the website had the mint button so i was like all right let me let me do that and, and that was the first um and then I think a few days later, um, I was introduced to Art Blocks, and so yeah. recently I went back and looked at like my first fifty NFT purchases, and like thirty-five of them are Art Blocks NFTs, which um, for the longest time they, they didn't really price-wise do anything. They didn't appreciate. They didn't go up. Um, that they actually went down. They were like well below mint for I think a few months. The, the ones that I bought, um, so. But it was just a fun experience. It was, you know, I enjoyed the minting, the randomness, the having the NFT in my wallet. They were nice to look at. And then, um, you know, as I did more research and reading and understanding of Artblocks as a platform, I became, I guess, a little more bullish on it as time went on and was like, yeah, let me keep minting Artblock stuff. And um, yeah, so my, my third NFT onwards, I'm, I'm very proud of. My first two, it's a little less, but um, <laughs> right. it was, it, yeah, everyone has some not great mints early on <laughs> no I, absolutely and it's it's been impressive to see you know both you as a trader but as an educator and you know something i've been interacting with people leading up to this um i know you've answered this before and you get this question a lot um but i'm curious and, and you're not doing as much trading but how are you evaluating nft projects today 
And what advice would you give people as they are new and getting into it, into this new world where information's flowing at you every single direction? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the number one piece of advice I always give to anyone new and, and, you know, seasoned is be patient. Like it's so tempting to, to rush, to FOMO, to get into projects, to, you know, want to buy something, want to mint something because it's exciting. And you see people around you making money, um, because most people post their wins and, and not so much their losses. And you think that, you know, this is a great, get rich, get rich quick space, or even if you're not thinking about the money, it's like, you just want NFTs and, and right. buying NFTs are fun. Um, and then once you buy your first, you have in your wallet, it's like you get this whole bug for collecting and, and you feel the ownership over it. And you sort of start being proud of your portfolio and you add to it. You know, it's great. It's fun. It's exciting, but it's, um, it, it's dangerous. Like it, it's, it's risky. This is all, a really new area of like a new asset class. Um, even crypto itself is relatively new and, and volatile and risky when Bitcoin and Ether, the prices can go up and down 50, 30, 50, 60% in several months. Um, let alone NFTs where, you know, many will go to zero, many will be rug pulls, many, will, many even good projects will drop 50, 60, 70, 80%. So um, if you rush in and you're not like responsible with your finances and you don't have a plan, you have a strategy, you can really end up in a place sort of regretting your early actions and, and not in a healthy financial position. So um, always be patient is the number one thing I say. And then like when it comes to actually looking for looking into projects and evaluating them and what do I look for, it's, it always comes down no matter what to the team, like the people involved, um, who they are, what their skills are, their reputation is, what, what they've done in the past. Uh, why should I believe that, you know, this NFT that they have created is something that I want to own that is valuable for whatever reasons. Um, and maybe actually stepping back one, one step behind that is before you evaluate a team and evaluate buying into a project, think about why you even want to buy an NFT in the first place. I think a lot of people skip this step and it's sort of like, are you buying it to make money? Is, is this like you're trying to invest, you're trying to, you know, grow your portfolio and make, just get rich uh, or richer. Are you trying to, um, are you, are you buying them because you want to support an artist? Are you buying them because you, you want to collect digital art and build an art collection and portfolio? Are you buying them because you're a gamer and you want to, you know, be part of this new gaming revolution and play games? Um, really think about why and, and what your goals are. And then you can start to evaluate projects with that in mind. Um, and then, yeah, if, if what you want to do is, um, I guess, whatever it is, uh, it still does come down to the team and the people and, and just ensuring that whatever the project is, the NFT is, the people that created it, um, their sort of values align with yours, the, their you know, vision is, is aligned with what you're happy with. Um, you know, in some cases, it doesn't matter at all. Like if, if you're just buying the NFT at the end of the day, you have ownership of it once you have it. If it's a piece of art, if it's some on-chain thing that exists in, in on the ethereum chain you don't really care about the team there's no roadmap that's fine like you know people f conflate nfts with long-term projects roadmaps and stuff at the moment because a lot of them are that but they don't have to be like sometimes just buying the nft that's the end of the transaction and you shouldn't necessarily expect some ongoing relationship or some ongoing situation where the team is adding value and making the number go up or making the the value go up um which again comes back down to the why. If you want to just collect art and which is great and, and um, support artists or just because you want this particular piece of art, great, buy it, have it in your digital gallery, maybe get prints of it hanging in the house. That's fantastic. That's fun. 
and then you don't have the expectation that it's going to 10x, 50x. Um, so you can be pretty happy. But if if you do want to, if you are approaching it from the lens of making money, which I mean, obviously I'm not naive. I think most people that are attracted to this space, at least initially, there is a reasonable component of wanting to make money um, to some extent. Then, um, then I think really looking at, at the team that are involved, what they're offering, and why the market might value this NFT higher in a day, a week, a month, a year than what you're paying for it now. Like, what what are the different pathways that will that will occur or need to occur for the the, the value of to increase um, and come up with a good reason? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was really comprehensive. So, just to recap that for everybody, I mean, I think. It's patience. It's it's discipline in those moments. I mean, it, we've all been there when we're excited, we act irrationally because projects are just they're just they're going. Um, and to really do that research on on founders, and I want to reiterate, like I've I've consumed your content and just how transparent, you know, and genuine you are. Uh, I know when you were launching Zen Academy, everybody was in your Discord before the NFT. You said, "Hey, you're still going to be allowed to participate in this, whether you have one." or not. So it's just those little honest signals that really contribute to who a founder is and, you know, buying in, you have to look for those things. Um, so I want to talk a little bit now, uh, just going through your story as an advisor and Zen Academy, but for the people who are listening, you know, you've done really well with your content. Uh, and it, it sounds a little bit like it wasn't super intentional at first. You started to gain traction, but I'm curious, what is your advice to the people who are feeling burnt out in training, but they are doing research, they are aspiring to create content to help people. What would your advice be to those people in those situations now who maybe don't, you know, have a big following yet? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, again, to take it one step back, um, if you are feeling burnt out from the trading investing, there are dozens, hundreds of ways you can go forward to, you know, find add value to the space and get rewarded for it financial or otherwise. Um, creating content is one of those options, but you know, if you're an artist, if you're a developer, if you're um, good with people and you can be like a discord moderator, community manager, um, you know, a researcher, um, a copywriter, if you're good with marketing, if you have legal skills, honestly, whatever your, your background is, or even if you're starting from zero, there's infinity options that aren't actively trading and flipping JPEGs to, to sort of, get something out of this space and add to it. Um, so going to specifically content creation, you know, if that's something that you want to do and enjoy, and I think that's sort of, it, it should start from there. It shouldn't be, I, I'm, I don't want to be flipping JPEGs. I see other people growing a following by creating content. I should do that because I want the following. It should be, I want to create content because I enjoy creating content. I enjoy researching and helping people and providing value to the space. And, and that's where it comes down to. You need to come up with some something that adds value to the space that other people want to read or watch if it's you or listen to the podcast or consume. Um, and yeah, just really think about what you can do that is actually providing value and then do it consistently for a very long time. <laughs> it's, it's like, there are a lot of people now entering the space trying to be content creators and trying to provide value. So it's somewhat, I guess, competitive if, if you want to look at it from the perspective of, um, you know, growing a large following and being no, like a thought leader or something in the space, but it all comes down to figuring out how you can provide value, something of substance, and then doing it 
consistently for a long time. Um, and people will notice like it, it, it happened with me and it, it's happened with, you know, many other people as well. And I can see it happening with others right now who, you know, I, I just, I mean, I've seen them putting out content and value and consistently and, and the, the following is growing and I have no doubt that they're going to have enormous followings in the future. Just, not for the sake of having followings, but because people look to them for um, whether it's advice or um, insights, leadership, just because they've proven, hey, you know, they can add something of substance and value to the space. Yeah, that that's a great answer. I love zooming back because it. Yeah, I, I know I said just content, but there's so many different areas here for anybody who is passionate about NFTs and your style from what I picked up reading again, your sub stack, it's like you're very chill and you're very true to yourself and you can tell that you're having fun with it. And that's, I think something that attracts people to you. So I hope, I hope those on this call kind of just really pick that up and take it to heart because with so much opportunity, it's tempting to say, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z because there's money to be made. But you know, I, I think that you, you know, you burn out easily, but I'm hoping now you could talk a little bit because I know you started creating content. You naturally started to get this following. You mentioned advising project. Could you talk a little bit about how that came about and what does that even mean? I mean, what what does that look like, you know, in practicality? Yeah, so it came about, I think, in September um, last year. I was, what was I doing? So I mean, yeah, I, I sort of decided that I didn't want to do any, like actively trading anymore. And I think I hadn't yet decided to go full steam ahead with Zen Academy. It was in a bit of a limbo stage. The Zen Academy decision came towards the end of September because I had been planning to go to America for ApeFest, NFT NYC, Artblocks Marfa, and then because of COVID travel, I couldn't go. So um, it was before that, again, like as I was trying to decide, hey, what do I want to do next if I don't want to actively trade? Um, I can keep creating my content. Great. But maybe there is, and I had like every single day, 10 plus people would reach out to me and say, Hey, can you come advise for our project? Can you look at our project? Can you jump on a call for half an hour with us, 20 minutes and just give some thoughts. And basically I had been saying yes to some of them and just trying to help as many people as possible, but no to a lot of them as well, because just there aren't, there isn't that much time in the day. Um, and, or a lot of them were just, you know, low effort projects that just wanted my name attached to try and add credence to it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I thought, you know, maybe let, let me just put a, I, I created a Google form and so let me just put this out there and see um, who might be interested in, in bringing me on as an advisor slash consultant in like an official capacity. And so I reached out to a few people that I knew in the space that had already been doing that and sort of asked them, you know, what do they do? What sort of rates do they charge? How does that work? Um, and, and, by and large, everyone came back that the standard model that they'd worked with was um, some sort of revenue share for the initial mint amount, like the initial mint revenue, um, which aligns incentives. So then it gives gives the advisor and consultant more incentive to to make the project a success and you know all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so I mean, I created this Google form. I said, you know, this is what I'm looking for. If you're interested, submit a whole bunch of details about your project. This is my fee. It's a small percentage of the initial sale revenue. And then I got, actually, I can't even remember. It, it was a lot of responses in um, 24 hours, like somewhere between 80 to 200. Um, there were tons. And so then I closed the form after like 24, 36 hours. Cause I was like, all right, this is, I, I can obviously only realistically work with, you know, 
a small handful at most um, before I start doing a disservice to everyone. So yeah, I started reaching out to people whose projects I thought were interesting. So not necessarily projects I thought were going to be the most successful um, because I think in some cases, yeah, in some cases they didn't need my advice at all um, or any help from me. They were going to sell out. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I basically told him, I don't know why you, you applied because you, you're doing great and it's going to be fine. So then I, I tried to pick some projects that I thought were in, interesting or the people seemed genuine. Um, and yeah, we, we, we chatted and had conversations and um, then it was, they were all at various stages of launch as well. One were trying to launch within about 10 days and then one didn't even have a website Um hadn't launched a discord and they were like three months two and a half three months away from launch and then there were two more so there were four total that i started with and two more in, in between um which was great because it, it meant that you know i wasn't burnt out all focused on one at one time they were all spread out equally and uh and then yeah i mean in terms of what the advice and consulting looks like it, it varies very much project to project and, and since then it's very again um it's sort of what what do they need what are they looking for where are they at what do they need help with how can i help um, I mean, to, it, just taking another zoom out is just insane to think that I, anyone could be advising people about something that I didn't even know at all about eight months prior. So it was not lost to me how absurd it was that I, mean, I, was, I was advising people on NFTs were and I didn't know what an NFT was 10 months ago, but for better or worse, people were seeking me out or like wanting that advice and consulting. So I thought, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. And it'll be a learning experience for everyone. If, if nothing else, um, and then, yeah, so it was help from anything to do with, you know, when should they launch? What should the mint price be? What should the mint strategy be? Number of mints per wallet? Um, what about marketing strategy? How do they reach people? Community management, you know, what, what makes a good community? What makes a good Discord server? Um, you know, what do we do post-launch? What should our roadmap be? What should our website be? Who should our other, other advisors be? Um, you know, how does the art work? What does our rarity look like? How do we figure that out? Um, honestly, just, you know, tr network, like connecting them with people if they needed, um, to speak with a lawyer, how do we speak to a lawyer? And, you know, I would try and help them find a lawyer, uh, to get advice on the tokenomics, tokenomics experts, just basically whatever they needed. If I could provide some sort of advice or help, um, I would try. And it, looking back, it's very clear that like I was obviously new to advising consulting and some of the advice I gave could have been better. Like I wasn't the best at giving advice. I was trying my best and, and giving what I thought was good advice, but I learned along the way as well now. So you know, if I advise projects now, I have more experience and I think that I can provide different slash better, but obviously the space changes as well. But um, yeah, it's a learning experience and I still do a tiny amount of it, but I try to do less, um, less like official advising in like a grand capacity like this with a project where I'm w working and like trying to help with everything and um, more. So I have like this three, three, three club, which is a part of Zen Academy where it's this small group of largely targeted towards project founders and people who are looking to launch project. And I try and help people on a more like a more casual basis. So not like, you know, previously with some of the projects I was advising, it was like every day we'd have a phone call or like a couple of times a week we'd have a call. Um, with the three to three club, it's like, I'll jump on a half an hour call every couple of weeks with anyone who needs help. If they're coming up to launch, you know, maybe a bit more and I'll try and answer questions here and there. And I think that way it's, it's struck a nice middle ground of being able to help more people and more projects. Um, while also, uh, yeah, just, just 
balancing everything nicely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that behind the scenes because I know I'm not exactly familiar with the advising and it's pretty cool to also hear how humble you are. You know, it's a learning experience. Um, You know, and I know we talked a little bit about Zen Academy, but could you just talk about, you know, when you knew it was going to become real, um, you know, the different levels of the project, what your goals are, and just give everybody in the audience a general overview of what it is and, you know, what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. So around end of September, as I mentioned that, that's sort of when I made that conscious decision. All right, I'm not going to America for all these NFT events. My basically entire October is now free because I was expecting to travel. Um, what am I going to do? All right, let's let's revisit Zen Academy and go full steam ahead. Um, and the NFT market was also becoming a little bearish. Then gas was high, and it just it really seemed like a good time to be building and creating and doing something else. So. At the time, we had the Discord server with, I think, around 10,000 people in there. Um, and then, yeah, so I basically, I, I closed it off to new entrants and then, you know, I told everyone that I was going to be launching an NFT, uh, be forming Zen Academy in its, like, entirety. Um, anyone who was in there at the time could stay. Like, I gave them an OG role and because I didn't want to force anyone to have to buy a token to stay part of this community that they'd already been a part of. Um, Honestly, even the fact that the Discord itself is gated and closed and behind a token now to some extent, it, it was not part of the original vision. I, I, always, I even said on record and publicly, like, I don't want it to be a paid Discord. I want it to be available to everyone. Um, but then we had a couple of situations where basically people got scammed in the Discord because, you know, the most sophisticated was like three or four accounts joined they pretended to be friends and know each other and chat and be community members. And then one of them posted a link to a malicious site. And then the others basically jumped on and said, Oh yeah, I just minted it. This is great. Thanks for sharing. And then, so one of our community members also minted it. And then, then turned out that their, um, thankfully their, their wallet didn't get drained. It wasn't that malicious. It was just like, they lost a little bit of ETH and buying these, these, these dead NFTs basically. Um, and so it was, it was that specific example that made me think, all right, maybe, maybe we should just gate the whole community and protect it and sort of, you know, require a little bit more, um, just friction, I guess, with joining the part. Um, so yeah, that was September, October. And then it, it was like a month of just figuring out, you know, the developers for the smart contract, the art, which is, you know, the art is very basic. I did it myself. It's literally an ERC 1155 token, which means they're all the same. A letter that I wrote because this is very much in my style. I like writing. I like speaking. As you can tell, you ask me a question and I, I speak for 10 minutes. Um, it's very hey, I love style. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I literally went to Canva and, and did all, all of that myself. Um, so I was figuring that out. I was figuring out um, mint price, mint strategy, all that kind of stuff. And it was around that time that I settled on sort of two membership tiers. So the 333 Club, as I mentioned before, was very much targeted towards people looking to launch projects, project founders, creators. But also, you know, there are people who just wanted to be part of a small community of builders because they find it difficult to keep up with um, in- enormous Discord servers. One of our members... Um, mentioned that he joined because he's he, he's just dyslexic and, and can't keep up with you know the enormous amount of content in every other discords he just wants a small secluded oasis type of place which is more manageable um and you know there are a few people who are just um not project founders but just want to be around project founders but i would say 60 to 
60 to 80% of members either are launching a project, have launched one, or are in the process of like wanting to launch one. And so, yeah, 333 members is the, the total amount. And the price was 3.33 ETH, which, you know, it's a very high mint price. But yeah, I mean, I went back and forth on a lot of things with regards to that. But, and I sought a lot of advice. Effectively, I figured that A, I was selling it as a lifetime membership. B, it's an NFT, so it can be resold if it's not for you. And C, if I'm providing advice and consulting services and, and there's all these people, you know, a couple hundred, 200, I can't remember, were willing to pay me a percentage of mint revenue for that advice, it, there's clearly some sort of market value on that. Um, and anyway, I, I like the number three for random reasons. And then I just re- went with that, stayed on theme. And that's great. That's um, getting close to being minted out. It's like application mint list only um, and not to create uh, FOMO or any or hype or anything like that. But I really want to vet every member, every person that wants to join. I want to make sure that A, they're not just trying to flip the token um, and, and B, that it's the right fit for them as well as for the group. Like if someone is looking for like this alpha group where, you know, we post highly detailed analytics and every single day we're, we're trying to find the best drops, this is not the right group for you. It's very much a slow paced group focused on building stuff for the longer term. And so, yeah, that's been an ongoing process going through that application list, reaching out to people. You know, I speak to every person one-on-one before they join. Um, yeah, we're at like 240 minted and I'm actually, I'm slacking a bit because I've got this big stockpile of applications that I've been meaning to get through and process these last few weeks, but I haven't. Um, but anyway, that's going to mean out soon. That's the 333 Club. The other membership tier is um, the Zen Academy Genesis tier genesis token and for that i decided i wanted to make it accessible and, and not too expensive um and, and the best way that and and not like a gas war not, not some hype thing where people mint lots and then flip them and dump them and so the solution i came up with was mint price 0.033 eth so 120 150 us dollars i think at the time of mint um for lifetime access to zen academy which you know at the time was basically just a Discord server. Um, I, I had plans, and I, I mean, I have plans for growing it into something much larger. But I didn't want to promise you know the world because I wasn't sure that I'd be able to deliver it. So, and and I thought you know it's not an unrealistic, unfair value proposition. One hundred fifty dollars for lifetime access to this Discord server. Um, and then I said you know I'm not going to put a mint cap on. I'm not going to say there's ten thousand of them or 5,000 or 33,000, I had that idea as well. I said, I'm just going to leave it open for two weeks, a two-week period. Anyone can mint however many they want. Like if you want to mint one, then you can wait till gas is low, um, take your time, think about it, mint. If you want to mint more to give to friends or to potentially sell, if you think the value is going to go up, then go crazy, mint however many you want. Um, And yeah, I am pretty happy and proud of that. I mean, I'm not the first person to come up with that. People have done open editions uh, before, but yeah, I think it worked out really nicely. We ended up with about, so the total number was 7,484 tokens. A um, thousand of those were reserved for the Zen Academy wallet to use for partnerships, collaborations, giveaways, and stuff like that. Um, so like six and a half thousand were actually sold. And yeah, it, that, that, that was the formation of Zen Academy as like an NFT project, as an NFT community. So that that the drop happened early November. And again, it was open for a two-week period. The 333 Club is still open, I guess, which will be closing soon. Um, 
fun side fact, actually. The so the smart contracts for that. I was talking with uh, a full service, you know, contract developer provider to do all the smart contracts and stuff, and they were they were going to charge like fifteen percent of the initial sale revenue to do it all. And then I got to talking with one of the projects. I was the uh, the very first project actually I, I started advising Curious Addies. The co-founders Ben and Mai. They're just absurdly nice people, smart people, generous people. And we were just chatting. They're like. You know, we're developing. We'll just do it. We'll do it for you, and I'll and for free. And because basically, what, what what I wanted was nothing very difficult, sophisticated, and yeah. I mean, again, so generous and humbling, and an amazing opportunity. They had never launched a smart contract before. It, you know, they had come from a background of tech and, and development in Web two and knowing all that kind of stuff, but they had literally never launched a, an NFT project or, or written a smart contract before. So there was like a little bit of trepidation and you know hesitation but um you know i believe them they said it was straightforward they knew how to do it and obviously i got the contracts audited and checked by i think four or five independent devs that i knew just to ensure that there were no oversights but yeah and, and what ended up happening was the day that zen academy went live um it went smoothly it was great literally the next day their project went live so they, they deployed two smart contracts two nft projects back to back having never done it before, which is insane. And both were really smooth. So yeah, enormous gratitude and thanks to them and a lot of respect for them and their project. Um, but yeah, so early November, the, the project, the NFT sale went live, lasted two weeks for the Genesis sold out. And then honestly, for the next month to two, six weeks, not a lot more happened. Like, you know, a few, a bunch of new people joined the Discord. Um, a lot of OGs decided to buy the token as well because they, they wanted to, they believe in like whatever I was building this longer term vision. Um, but we were largely still just an NFT community. I was, I was trying to, you know, I made some collabs here and there and adding a little more content in the discord, but you know, Zen Academy was still basically just a discord. And then it was probably, I guess like sometime in January time, time is so weird. Early January, I think maybe mid January. Um, I started thinking more about um, what's next. Like, What's next? And I had been just spending more time thinking about the importance of brands and like world building, storytelling, universe creation in the NFT space. Looking at projects like like the Board Apes, um, who had really built a brand out of out of their project, and and looking at um, Woody's as, as a project I always go back to is they really focus on storytelling and building out the lore and the universe of. Of them, um, Crypto Covens is another example of a project that absolutely love. They um, sold out in December as well, and there was a huge focus both on the website and NFTs and in the Discord on um, the law. Like they have this saying, "Law, not floor," which I think they got from the Forgotten Ruins Wizards cult, which is another great project that does that. But anyway, I was starting to see, you know, there's a lot of value in building out like a fully fleshed out world, and maybe we can incorporate that in Zen Academy, and Zen Academy, Zen Academy can be a brand that is something more than just a discord. And then, um, yeah, I, I started, I, I basically, I, around that time as well, I was looking at hire, like hire new people, honestly, just for my personal help, because I had one assistant and I, I, I knew that I needed more help because I was just drowning in, in messages and, and projects to stay on top of and collaborations for Zen Academy and all sorts of stuff. So I was basically, I was trying to find another uh, virtual assistant basically. And I put a tweet out and I, I spoke to a couple of people, didn't quite work out. And then I reached out to someone that I'd seen in the space for, you know, a, a month or so, uh, Emily, who is now, so basically we, we had a conversation 
that started with actually started with because I, I thought maybe she'd be a good mod for Zen Academy. And then, and then I thought, Oh, actually, you know, I need more help. Maybe, you know, I had no idea of her background, but you know, maybe I, she, I saw she was in the space a lot. Maybe she wants to come on and help me at an assistant level. And then we had a, a video call and I basically realized she was, you know, w- tremendously overqualified for that and had like an enormous background in marketing, in world building, in brand building. And we got along really well. And, you know, we basically very quickly decided to work together and she came on as, you know, basically head of marketing, her official title is marketing, witch to, to build into the brand and world identity. And she has really helped, um, put more of a focus and direction on building out the brand of Zen Academy. And again, ensuring i guess like unta- yeah, i guess the first thing we do is untangling like the zen academy and the zeneca brands because they're very much intertwined and a lot of people there's a lot of confusion as to what zen academy even is and the 333 club you know most people don't know i didn't even have a very good answer for it to begin with so we're figuring that out and then we're sort of saying what's next what are we going to work towards and it's this um you know again open roadmap like we don't have any specific goals we don't have any specific targets that we have to hit and because we haven't promised the community anything i never said like when we were minting i never said this is a roadmap you know we're gonna do this 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 just because i'm not a huge fan of that approach in general i like the idea of being flexible and you know obviously people have to take a little bit of a leap of faith when that happens and thankfully a bunch of people did um and now we're starting to figure out you know what's next what's our plan what's our vision and obviously a one of the core tenets of Zen Academy is focused on education, on help helping people, on um, being just, you know, giving back to the community, adding value. And so thinking about what we can do to um, expand in, in those areas, like more um, structured, whether, whether it's courses or talks with experts, um, we'll, we'll have a website built in the not too distant future or maybe medium term. I don't want to put any promises on it. Um, longer term, maybe we do want to have like a PFP project. Maybe we do want to drop something that adds, you know, more characters into our universe, builds out this lore and world building and storytelling. Maybe we want people to write actual comics, lore, whatever. I'm just throwing ideas out there and none of these are anywhere close to guaranteed. Um, the web- website's pretty close to guaranteed. We're going to have a website at some point. Right. Um, but yeah, it, just so many ideas. And we're in this really fun stage at the moment where we can really decide our future. And and we are figuring that out um, because we have really a, a wonderful community, a passionate, dedicated community um, that, yeah, we, we can just build upon it. And I'll, I'll sort of I have this dream that's, again, not anywhere close to a promise or a roadmap item, but I can, I can envision a future years from now where a lot of the activity that takes place um in terms of social activity in the metaverse like currently we're on twitter spaces and we're in discord um eventually we're probably going to be in the metaverse or a metaverse more real than this whether it's virtual reality augmented reality running around you know behind a pc in the sandbox using mouse and keyboard but with a headset on talking to people um and so many people are building games for the metaverse. So many people are building experiences and, and, you know, concerts and that kind of stuff. But it just sort of clicked to me that, you know, we're going to need schools in the metaverse in some form or another. And I think Zen Academy is positioned nicely to be one, like we're going to have plenty of schools. I'm not saying we're going to be Z school in for the metaverse, but I think there's going to be tons and tons of options for schooling in the metaverse. Um, and I think we could do something cool in that area and have like schools set up um, all around wherever these metaverses end up um not just for like currently obviously there's a focus on web3 and nft education but in five ten years presumably 
people won't necessarily want or need to know about what's an NFT, how does it work? It'll all be abstracted away in you know common knowledge. Um, but then it just makes sense that there's going to be a need for schools to teach people math or how to draw or cooking or you know photography or um, chemistry. Like we've seen the last couple of years with COVID, there's been so much homeschooling and, and Zoom schooling and stuff, and you know it's not a fantastic option. Um, it's nowhere near as good as being in person. I'm not saying that virtual reality is going to be as good as being in person, but it's probably a better substitute than sitting behind a Zoom screen. And then especially for um, students or people who are in remote areas of the world, maybe they don't have access to good schooling. Maybe they have to travel 60 to 90 minutes each way to get to a school. Maybe it's dangerous. Maybe the school that they get to doesn't have a lot of resources and doesn't have a chemistry teacher. Um, Being able to give access to everyone around the world to education through right. some sort of virtual mechanism, whether it's VR headsets or just a computer, tablet, a phone, that to me seems really powerful. So maybe, maybe in five, five, ten years, Zen Academy is helping educate the world. Yeah. Well, thank you for, I mean, that was very detailed and I think gives everybody a, a look under the hood of launching an NFT project. I, I think for you, what's really cool again is you don't have a roadmap, right? Because you understand that the space is flexible and you haven't made promises that can be broken and you have a community that's willing to take a leap of faith with you. So I, it's just such a cool story. And what I want to do now before we take some Q&A, if I can, is invite Shami up here to talk about the PO app um, for this event. So if we can get... So if you can... Oh, there we go. Welcome, Shami. Hey, how's it going? Can everybody hear me all right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sure. Amazing. Uh, I'd hate to interrupt such a great talk. Uh, this is one where it's just like, I know you can, uh, the way you just positioned and really just talked about Zen Academy in that last, I would say, the little monologue you had, just like, it really clicked for me and it made me realize just like how great uh, uh, just like an idea in the space uh, that this is. So I'm just really excited to uh, uh, just chime in here real quick with the PO app. Uh, I know everyone listening probably is aware that we're going to be giving away a PO app. So that being said, uh, we will be giving away one. And in order to claim today's PO app, you will need the mobile app, which you can download in the Google Play Store or Apple App Store. So just give a minute for people to either open the app or get the app if they don't have it. And for those who already have the app and can have it open, you're going to open up the app and in the bottom right-hand corner, you're going to hit mint. And then after you do that, you're going to get a menu of options. And then you're going to hit the first one at the top of that menu, which is secret word. And then I'm going to type this in with you so we can all do it together. The secret word is going to be the mint price for the latest um, Zen, Zen Academy NFT, which was mentioned earlier today in the space. And that is 0.033 ETH. And that itself is going to be the secret word. So it's going to be 0.033 capital E-T-H, no space in between anything. And uh, typing in right now. Well, here we're having some technical difficulties with it at the moment. Is everyone not, no one's not getting it at the moment? It's not working for me. It's not working for me, Shammy. It's currently not working for you. It works for me. It's a second ago. Pull up is 
I have so many issues with Poe Up. We've had so, so many struggles with sending <laughs> We generally haven't had many issues uh, at all. I'm wondering why. I'm looking at the email here saying the approval. Uh, let's continue on with the space, and then I'll chime yeah. back in as soon as I have any other further information. So please just continue. Yeah, no, I, I mean, hey, NFT space, you know, we always got to roll with the punches. But I wanted to save some time at the end here, Zeneca. You, you've been amazing. Um, so we already have four requests. So I'm going to try to bring people up in, in order here. Um, so I, I think we got Hefe, Jeffe, you're connecting. One person claimed. All right, we'll give this a second, and then if this person's not going to connect. All right, so I'm going to bring somebody up. I'm going to bring somebody else up. Let's try. We got another person connecting. All right. Um, Brown skin royalty, you are up, my friend. If you are able to speak, I see you as a speaker. Hi, good evening. Good evening. How you doing? What, what is your question? All right. First, I wanted to say thank you for the space. It was very informative. I really like how everything was like nice and relaxed. And I was I'm feeling more positive about my project as after he spoke about um not needing um a roadmap because it's like I have an idea. I have ideas, but I don't want to write them all down and, you know, be committed with, you know, things go awry. So with that, my question actually is in regards to um, him at the end, he started mentioning about um, schools in the metaverse and like I'm a math teacher, but I also have my own kids. So it's been a little bit hard getting back into physical school since. Um, you know, after being homeschool, technically homeschooling and teaching remotely, it's just like, why am I here? I, I did great before. <laughs> so I wanted to know, like, um, if anybody, including the speaker before his vision on what that might look like and um, spaces that might be open to that. I, I, I'm a math teacher for um, my licensure is for middle and high school. Sorry, uh, my connection cut out just a little bit at the end. You were asking about where you might be able to... Sorry, could you just repeat that last bit of the question? Yeah, sure. So it was just in regards to like what... If you knew already any spaces that were doing like, you know, children teaching uh, in the in the metaverse because I'm, I'm a middle school and high school math teacher. Yeah, um, I unfortunately don't know of anyone that's doing it sort of, I guess, in the metaverse. Uh, most of it's taking place on, you know, YouTube, Zoom, Khan Academy, like those types of platforms. Um, as far as I'm aware, I haven't, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not aware of anyone doing it sort of in the metaverse. I, I think maybe sort of the infrastructure isn't quite set up yet for that to really be an effective, uh, like, mainstream model but it's definitely it's definitely coming so i, I think within the coming years I, I think we'll see platforms pop up hopefully zen academy is one of them but i'm sure there'll be dozens more i wouldn't be surprised if like all the major schools have some sort of metaverse presence or something like that or some option um but yeah at the moment 
Uh, I don't think that there is any, or if there is, I'm not aware of them. Sorry. No worries. Thank, thank you, Monica. Um, all right, so we've got seven more requests here. Um, so I'm going to try to be mindful of time here. So Zeneca, you just speak up um, if we're running close to your schedule. But I'd like to bring somebody else up here. Um, so I'm going to bring up Sarah. Yeah, I will have to jump off pretty close to the hour because I have another meeting. Okay. I, can, I can go a little bit late. Um, okay, that no yeah. problem, my friend. Sarah, you are up. Uh, what uh, question do you have? Hello, beautiful people, and hello, Zeneca. I'm so proud of you. Um, you're a treasure. I am I am indebted to you. But I wanted to give you a heads up. Your POAP works. You just have to type in E-A-T as capital letters. Mine went through. I was the one. But um, And also, the previous speaker, in terms of education, I hack schooled all three of my children. So add me and you can pick my brain because I have three kids, kindergartner all the way through and are now in college. So my youngest just turned 18 and they were educated online and through maker spaces and hacker spaces, much like what Zeneca is looking to do. Um, if you have, you can go to Amazon even and download one of um, Google's hey Sarah, VR things. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. You oh, I just cut me off. I just kind of. That's okay. <laughs> I just kind of want to be respectful because I know Zeneca oh, has uh, has to leave here shortly. Um, so if you have a question, just uh, I do not. So you can take me off the mic. Just I really appreciate your talk, and um, I wanted to make sure they could get their POAP. So you go on to greatness and keep shining with the rest of your talk. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, all right. So John, can I interrupt real quick? Because I do just want to, to Sarah's point, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, the POAP password does work now. Uh, someone called out to me initially that there was, there was a space at the end that was technically an invisible character that has now been taken away. So uh, it should be 0.033ETH, all caps, should work again. So everyone, please take a moment to try that. Uh, again, Sarah, thank you for pointing out that nuance in the beginning, but we have since fixed that. But uh, thank you again for your keen observation. Yes, 103 people are claiming it. I think it's comfor comfortable to say that it's working. Last time, 0 0.033 capital E-T-H is going to be the POAP secret phrase. And when I say point, I mean the decimal point, the period uh, icon. So that is what that means. Thank you again. Continue, John. Yeah, no, awesome. Just with respect to time, <clears throat> we're going to do one more question, maybe two if they're rapid fire. So I'm just going to bring up, we're going to try Hefe again. Um, let's see if we can get them connected. I know we had trouble last time. There we go. <laughs> yes, thank you guys so much. So I am at Zenrasta, so on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I love the concept. I'm so excited for the Zen Academy. Um, I went to the University of Illinois from 2007 till 11. I'm currently at John Deere. And just the thing that plagues me is, what am I going to do with my philosophy and religious studies major, you know, and, and hopefully working with Zeneca, I'll be able to, you know, be a part of the Zen Academy and, and see what the future is and what the future holds. I'm so excited. Um, just got to leave you with that, that for me, Zen Rasta is meditation on the most high, 
you know, it's it's that focusing, it's that having your mindset on on future things and higher things. And I think we all have a part of that. So I appreciate you, Zinica. I appreciate you, 137, and everybody that's in the space right now. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much. So we're going to move on. Final question. We've got VHS Boss. Um, you're up, my friend. Hi, thank you for bringing me up to the stage. I appreciate it. Zeneca, hello. Just wanted to say um, I met you vicariously through Maya and Ben over at Curious Addies, so I'll give them another prop. It's a fabulous place for people who are starting in the space. Wonderful education. And that is the mission of our project as well with Latino Society to help bring Latinos into the opportunities that are available in this Web3 space. So my rapid fire question for you, Seneca, is if you had to give one piece of advice to a project like mine that is bringing newbies into the space who are not on Twitter, not on Discord, do you see Instagram and TikTok as viable ways to reach out into those communities and bring those folks along with us? Yes, I, I think that definitely they're viable it's just like it, there's no doubt there's enormous reach and communities on Instagram and TikTok, much larger than Twitter and Instagram, uh, Twitter and Discord. Um, I guess because so much of the NFT space does run on Twitter and Discord, I would say sort of, you know, reach out to them via Instagram and, and TikTok and, and whatever, YouTube, Facebook, but try and uh, import the importance, or is that a word? Um, you know, instill the importance of of getting used to discord and twitter it's um maybe it won't be a necessary thing to really you know be immersed in the space in a year from now or two years but at the moment in the current landscape you're sort of missing so much of the the information and the community aspect by not being familiar with these two platforms and it's like a little bit of a learning experience it takes a couple hours to get get used to discord maybe a few days to feel somewhat comfortable and, and twitter seems strange for a while but um, I think it's really helpful if you come up with a list of discords for them to join or just, you know, just yours or yours and curious Addies. It's like starting small is really good. Um, and then also a list of people to follow on Twitter, just get people started and almost like a starter pack for NFT social media and try and hammer home how important it is um, to, if you, if they really want to like be immersed in the space and be full on in it. That's wonderful. Thank you. That makes me feel better that we are on the right track. I appreciate you. Amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that that was a great question. So Zenek, I want to respect your time. We are at the hour. Everybody, thank you so much for joining. We probably could have talked for five hours, but I know that Zeneca does a lot of other spaces. Um, so we appreciate his time. I know how busy you are. And I hope everybody got some value out of this. And make sure you get your PO app. And uh, we'll see you for the next one. We're excited. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. And yes, I, I can speak all day, but <laughs> we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Thank you, Zeneca. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.